Welcome to this media partnership with Euractive, organized by the European Paper Packaging Alliance, the EPPA. I'm Brian McGuire. I'll be presenting the program today. Our topic today is the revision of the EU's packaging and packaging waste rules, putting the product life cycle at the heart of the circular economy. The upcoming revision of the Packaging and Packaging Waste Directive, the PPWD, offers an opportunity for sustainable packaging solutions to advance the EU's climate neutrality and circular economy objectives. Today's discussion gives an opportunity to stakeholders from all spectrums to consider what the new rules should focus on in order to achieve the objectives of the European Green Deal. Of course, it's essential uh, to rely on evidence-based solutions at a time when the European Union is working to create a truly circular economy. This is why Rambol will present its latest study, which challenges the common perception that reusable tableware found in European quick-service restaurants for in-store consumption has lower environmental impacts than current paper-based packaging. And uh, to open the program today, uh, we'll have uh, Emiliano uh, Michalizio uh, from Rambo. Uh, he will present this new study. And just before we hear from Emiliano, uh, let me say to you, you can put, send questions uh, for Emiliano and for the rest of the panel uh, on the, the, the right-hand side of your screen in that chat section. Uh, and we'll come to those uh, throughout the course of the program as well. You can send them in now, you can send them in uh, later on. But uh, my advice, don't hesitate to do it now. Emiliano, the floor is all yours. Great to see you. Thank you for your introduction and uh, thank you to the organizer for giving me the opportunity to present our study. Um, we have a presentation. So I'm glad today to present our study, uh, which is a comparative life cycle assessment where we compare single-use paper packaging uh, with multiple use dishes in the quick service restaurant industry. This is um, a study uh, that has been done uh, by an international group of LCA specialists and uh, environmental consultants uh, in Rambo. Please, next slide, please. Uh, for, for Rambo it is an independent in, in engineering, architecture and consultancy company uh, headquartered in Denmark uh, with more than 16,000 experts with, with 35, present in 35 countries. Uh, we um, serve both private industry and institutions on sustainability and environmental matters. Um, for this project in particular, uh, we put together a team of uh, consultants that were based in uh, in, uh, in Italy, in France, in Germany. Uh, so an international group of consultants that work together to deliver this project. I'm representing here the, the entire team as a project director. Next slide, please. So my presentation, uh, I, I will try to stay in the 15 minutes. I will present the framework of the, and the aim of the study. What are the main differences of, of these studies compared to other studies? Uh, the systems that we have investigated, the results, and of course, some conclusions. Next one, please. What is the framework? Uh, Rumble has been commissioned by European Paper Packaging Alliance to conduct this study. Um, we conducted the study with the support of all APMA members and particularly paper manufacturers and converters um, that had a key role also in providing data, primary data for our study that we will see later are, are pretty important uh, 
to 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 define and to see to define the the functional unit that is essential uh, for those studies. Uh, the study has been um, concluded in December. It covers EU twenty seven plus UK. It's uh, it represents an average scenario in Europe. This has been reviewed by a third party by Truth North. And then uh, it has been also updated in Q3 uh, last year uh, due to an extensive uh, update of the data, GABI data, database that were used for the study. Next one. The aim of the study is, uh, is to compare two different systems uh, in, the, in this very specific case, which is the quick service restaurants industry uh, in accordance with ISO standards that are applicable to one-party LCAs. We compared a single-use paper packaging dish system with an equivalent system uh, made of multiple-use uh, dishes. Uh, we see later that we mainly tested PP products, plastic products, as multiple-use dishes system, but also we tested other materials. Uh, the study aimed at comparing environmental performances of both systems and identifying the hotspots that are different for the two systems. Um, and this is, I think, it's provided a good basis for discussion with our representatives also uh, for the today debate. I think it's important to uh, understand that we are talking about two different systems with two different um, hotspots uh, that needs, of course, uh, to be addressed in different ways. Next one. So the comparison you see here that we we the, the current system in quick service assessment is based is basically uh, uh, based on disposable products which are product is our paper uh, product uh, with a PE content of well, less than 10% in weight. Um, and we compare this with a potential alternative system uh, that is based on uh, a multi-use product, uh, uh, basically made in, in plastic, in PP in this case. We investigated the full set of dishes that can be used in a quick service restaurant. You see here in this in this uh, slide that we investigated the cold, cold and hot cup, salad bowl with the lid, the cutlery set, the fry bag, basket and fry carton, the ice cream cups, the wraps and the clamshell for burgers. And we tested seven different single-use product items and 14 different multiple-use products. Uh, we tested two systems, uh, two sets, one totally in PP and the other one combining PP, ceramic, glass, and metal. The next one. There are many studies in, in the that are comparing uh, multiple use with single use system. I think our study, um, in our study, we try to uh, use uh, a different approach compared to most of the studies that are available. Uh, we First of all, we use the system approach. Uh, we, uh, the study is, is not comparing two single products. It's not comparing one cup with another cup. It's comparing two a real quick service restaurants working with one system and working with another system. That means that the study assess uh, a functional unit that is equivalent in terms of services provided to the clients, to the customers, but with two different uh, products. 
considering, of course, the number of servings, the peak hours, uh, the differences in, in terms of selling uh, burgers versus hot and cold drinks, and so on. Uh, the second important um, dif difference of this study compared to others is that, that we could access representative data and primary data, especially for, 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 for the paper product. Uh, also, to build the functional unit and to, let's say, model the quick service restaurant, we were able to access to, to, access to uh, representative data provided by quick service restaurants operators in terms of number of servings and uh, especially uh, number of product items that are used every day in a restaurant. It's essential in this study, especially when paper products are concerned, to use primary data. So HEPA members were able to provide primary data and HEPA members cover more or less 65% of the uh, quick service restaurant um, um, business in Europe in terms of uh, food packaging, uh, they were able to provide primary data. This primary data went through a very extensive uh, session to assess their consistency. We compared them with existing database. We compared this uh, with uh, also uh, other sources like the, for instance, the uh, best available technique publications in Europe. So we, we try to, to, to make our best really to, 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 to verify this data. And we also are honestly have also verified that primary data for paper are, are normally less conservative than those that are in the uh, official databases. Uh, then we, we had also to investigate deeply the washing processes that are key for the multiple use system. Of course, a multiple use dishes, dish, dishes must be washed uh, several times. Uh, and this is, uh, we will see later an hotspot for this system. We had to investigate carefully what kind of washing options are available and what are their performances. Finally, uh, I think it's very important to underline that we were given the opportunity to run very extensive sensitivity analysis. So not all studies or not, not all LCA comparative studies have, have such an extensive sensitivity analysis. What is a sensitivity analysis? It is basically uh, a system to analyze different scenarios and different uh, options. Uh, especially, uh, we are comparing here an existing system, a current system, which is the single-use system, with a potential alternative system, which is the multiple-use system. So we were able to uh, go through three scenarios for single-use system and nine for multiple-use system. It, and we tested different recycling rates, different washing scenarios, different end-of-life allocation approaches. And it is essential also to give transparency to our study and to, to give to the reader uh, really a sense of what, what, what happens if we change some one parameter uh, in the system. The next one. Next slide, please. No, this one. Yes, okay. Here you see, for instance, um, in these pictures, uh, so you see, for instance, the types of uh, dishwashers that we investigated in our study. You see uh, on the right side, the under-counter uh, dishwashers that are mainly used in small food service um, uh, facilities uh, with, uh, let's say, peak, hour, peak days and peak hours that, that allow to use these small uh, dishwashers. 
you see on the on the left the hood type for in, for internal dishwashing. Uh, that is an option for those restaurants that have the layout and the space available to install these dishwashers. And then you have uh, uh, at the bottom left, you have the uh, hood type for external washing scenarios. So for uh, the, to, un to analyze uh, a possible option, which is the one where the quick service restaurants send the dishes outside the store to be washed and to be returned. Uh, you see here the description of the of the systems. Um, as I said, I think it's relevant here to to go through the assumption. But just to be short, I think it's important that we use for both system uh, a symmetric approach for what that's for what concerns the end of life treatment. Uh, in the baseline scenario, in our study, we consider 30% paper recycling and 70% incineration with energy recovery for both systems. So for both single-use paper packaging system and multi-use system. Um, for the washing scenario, in the baseline scenario, we have used uh, an average scenario for internal dishwashing. That means that we uh, consider the off of quick service restaurants using uh, the undercounter and off using the hood type dishwashers. Uh, and of course, for and also, I think it's important that in terms of uh, average use rate for plastic products, we used 100 uses that account uh, also different replacing reasons, like uh, uh, for instance, damages, uh, losses during the, the, the washing. Uh, for marketing reasons, they can be changed, so they can be replaced, and so on. So 100 uses is also, uh, we will see later that this is not affecting very much the result. I mean, changing the, the number of uses is not really key. While in other studies, it, it was key to calculate this breakdown because these studies were based, basically comparing two single products. In, in a system perspective, this is not so important. Next one. I think it's relevant to um, spend a few words about end-of-life processes because in such studies, the, this is a critical aspect. And there are a number of, I think, uh, further uh, research is needed also and also uh, to uh, define a solid approach uh, to, to model end-of-life processes. Uh, it, 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 it's always a challenge for LCA practitioners. Uh, in this case, we see, we'll see that our results are, are highly dependent on the, on the environmental credits. That for those that are not LCA experts, it means that when you recycle the material, you 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 can um, you have credits associated with the assumed substitution of fiber materials and and the saved energy. Um, we used a system that is uh, really compliant with ISO standards. Uh, based on the system expansions. Uh, but in order to be transparent, we also include in our report um, other, other uh, end-of-life allocation criteria. And, and also, we, we disclose separately the recycling and the energy credits in a way that the readers and the experts can, can go through the report and make their own conclusions. Next one. Here you, are, you have the results. Um, of the baseline scenario. As I said, we did the LCA study include, includes a baseline scenario, which is an average scenario for, for, for Europe, uh, and then the number of additional 
scenarios have been analyzed with the sensitivity analysis. So you see here uh, the results. Uh, you see on the right the uh, indicators that are normally used for, for, for LCA. And, and uh, you see the single-use system in, and the multiple-use system results. Uh, basically, the single-use yes, the single-use system uh, have um, show significant benefits, uh, very significant benefits for climate change, fine particulate matter, fossil depletion, and freshwater consumption, uh, and terrestrial acidification. While uh, multiple-use system present advantages for freshwater acidification, ionizing radiation, metal depletion, and stratospheric ozone depletion. Then, uh, we, as I said at the beginning, we had an update of the study uh, late last year. Next one. Uh, next slide, please. You see here that after the, the update of the GAPI data set, also for the metal depletion, uh, we have also an advantage for, for, for single-use system. So I'm going to the conclusions now. So I think I'm on time. You see here just the, 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 the sensitivity analysis that, that, that we, 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 we modeled. As, as I said before, we modeled different recycling rates. We modeled to zero and 70 recycling rates for both systems. We also modeled value demand for multiple use system and uh, um, also different washing scenarios. Uh, we have changed, you will see in the study that we have changed just one parameter on assumptions being changed per system in order to maintain transparency. Next one, please. Here you see how we represent the sensitivity analysis. Uh, here we have the climate change. If you go to the bottom, it's quite technical, but just to show every dot you see here, the gray line is the, is the multiple use system. The blue line is the single use system. Uh, you can see where, I mean, that for instance, in this case, also in all scenarios, the multiple use system uh, Perform, perform better in this in climate change impact category. And you see also uh, how the multiple system is affected by the washing options. This is not very clear, very technical, but just to show you as an example that uh, in the study, everything is, is very transparent and you can go through these results in a, in a, in a very uh, um, I mean, independent way. I go to the conclusions because time is running. You, here you have another example for, for, for freshwater consumption, but I go to the, to the conclusions. So next one. Next one. So what are the key findings? First of all, for the two systems, the environmental hotspots occur in different life cycle phases. Uh, for the single-use system, major impacts are in the upstream production of the items, while for the multiple-use system is in the use phase. As it, 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 this is not new. What is also what was important is that dishwashing process and energy consumption is the main contributor for multiple use system. Um, I would say that also when we test the external washing case, I would say that the impacts deriving from logistics activities offset the advantages given by a more efficient process and less energy consumptions. Uh, a key finding, I think, is that the fact of, of increasing recycling, which is key for both systems, but particularly is key for, for, 
paper based packaging that we model at 30% or 70%. We know that paper packaging already has a high, higher recycling rate and they, they have a potential to further grow. Uh, but effective recycling has a key effect on freshwater consumption and resource depletions rather than on climate change. Another key finding is that the energy mix, it, it's important, uh, affect the results of multiple use systems for climate change, for fossil depletion or ionizing radiation. Um, even we have tested that also, even considering higher share of carbonatal sources, up to 70%, the results of this study more or less remain the same. Of course, the, the, the differences can be used, but uh, single-use systems still, still present advantages for the same impact categories that in the baseline. I think the next one. The next one, please. So this is the final slide. Uh, we are aware that this study is partially in contrast with previous LCA study. I would say that other studies mainly are product focused. Uh, and while our study is uh, system-based, we didn't investigate, we didn't compare two products, we compared two systems. Um, it's important to underline that most studies uh, rely on secondary data concerning especially the paper waste stream. Maybe I don't have a problem with your sound. I think it's your internet connection. It's, it's uh, just, maybe just give it a, a moment to see if it stabilizes. I don't think you changed any other settings there. No, it's not going to. No, it's not going to stabilize. If you just, I, I, there we go. We're, we're, we're okay now. Go ahead. Yes. So, uh, just the conclusion. So, basically, uh, we know that the study is partially in contrast with other studies. Our study, it's uh, basically, it, it's, it is now. It's better. No, it's not. It's it's come back again uh, as well. I'm sorry. Um, and no, it's okay, just to say that. Let's try one more time. If it doesn't go this time, well, I think we'll leave it there. It's very, very difficult to hear, but for the moment, it seems clear. Go ahead. Yes, I'm sorry for that. I'm in an in office, very stable connection, so can you hear me now? I think it's it's on online, it's fine, I'm told. We have feedback in the studio for that. Okay, please continue. Okay, so about conclusions, uh, I was just saying that our study is partially in contrast with our study. So we know this, but we have to say that we didn't compare two products. We compared two systems. First, second, we used primary data, especially for paper products, which is essential because we know that some, that in the databases, especially for paper products, there are there are data that overestimate some impacts. Third, it's essential to recognize that the hotspots are in different life cycle stages. And also the two systems are very different. The, the single-use system for paper products is basically uh, focused on uh, environmental impacts, which are very concentrated in the upstream, so in the production of items. So very controlled from an environmental legislation point of view, while multiple-use system, are, uh, the impacts are in the use phase. So it means that a, a possible transition should consider to implement measures and methods to control uh, impacts during the use phase and particularly for the washing, where the decisions are taken locally by quick service restaurants operators, so it's more difficult to be controlled. Thank you. That's 
I hope the conclusions was okay. Okay, thank you. Perfect, thank you. Mediana, stay with us just a moment. I have a couple of questions from the audience for you as well. Um, I, I know you have to go uh, very shortly. So uh, Petro Kandos asks, can you please explain what you mean by metal depletion when you compare the two use systems? The, the metal depletion, uh, I mean, the metal depletion is one impact category, uh, standard impact category for 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 the two, uh, let's say, for the recipe method, uh, is a standard impact category uh, that measures resource depletion in general. Okay, thank you. And another question um, from Rally Kayasti. Uh, um, how much of the multiple use climate impact is related to PP and to washing? Uh, the washing is, is the hotspot for climate, especially for multiple use system. Basically, uh, the, the climate uh, is impacted by the energy, the energy that is needed for washing. It's important to underline that uh, multiple use product, especially PP products, uh, need to be washed and to be dried to guarantee hygienic standards. So uh, energy consumption is, is the, is the uh, factor that is affecting the results. Okay, thank you. In, just in terms of, of Rambles LCA study, what's unique about this study? What's what's the, the difference in this study compared to others? As I said, I think it's it, this is a complex matter. I mean, and uh, you can find different studies and different methodologies. We have tried to be as much as possible consistent uh, uh, and, and severe, let's say, in uh, in uh, assessing the data that we input into the model. Uh, so primary data were provided and we went through very intense, let's say, consistency analysis for, for this data. So use of primary data is for paper-based product, I think is essential. Uh, and then, as I said, we didn't compare two products. We didn't compare two systems. So the product is important, but it's more important how do you use the product. So the system, it's where the product are used. Uh, is the one that at the end determine the, the the environmental impact. So I think it's important to uh, for for when you run a comparative assay in this domain to to make to, to to try to investigate the system around the product as well. And just last question, Emiliano. You know, this clearly as a unique study. It has to be relevant to policymakers. But why why should policymakers uh, use life cycle analysis when it comes to making regulations? Life cycle analysis is a model. It's not the truth. It's, represent, it's trying to represent, to represent, let's say, the complexity that it's uh, of the real world. Um, but for sure, it's 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 the the method that uh, provides scientific evidences in terms of environmental impact of two different solutions. So for sure, uh, uh, LCA. Uh, is, is, is an essential tool uh, to provide evidences and to provide, let's say, sound conclusions that, of course, then must be inter interpreted by the regulators and should be evaluated, but this is another story. So uh, as Rambo, we, 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 we just provide science-based studies and evidence-based studies uh, for, for the regulators and for the community. Emiliano, thanks very much for your time today and for the presentation of the study as well. We're going to, we're going to uh, talk about some of these issues with uh, the rest of the panel as well. And take care. We'll see you again soon.
Now let's introduce Thank the rest you for your of. Attention. Thank you. Well, let's uh, introduce the rest of uh, today's uh, panel. We have with us uh, Mr. W uh, Dr. Wolfgang Trunk from DG Environment, European Commission, uh, David Scheisler from the European Paper Packaging Alliance, EPPA, uh, Elsa Agante from uh, Deco Protest, part of the Euro Consumers Group, and Ronan Breen from Deliveroo. Very tempting to say that uh, Ronan's on time today, but we thank you for being here. Thank you, Ronan. Um, so 60 seconds for each of you just to uh, highlight your key points for the day on this topic. Uh, let's uh, kick off with uh, David. David, uh, 60 seconds, your takeaway for, for the message for today. Yeah, so David Schistler, Chairman of uh, C. Schistler Packaging Solution, a family-owned company producing a wide range of uh, paper-based packaging for food service sector and treasurer of EPA. A couple of points. First, our all-value chain is European. When we make single-use paper-based packaging for food service operators, the wood is coming from Europe, the paper is made in Europe, if it's recycled paper, it's made in Europe, converted in Europe, used in Europe, and recycled into secondary packaging, such as a container tissue paper in Europe. So we're discussing also of a full-value chain that is European, and the key point of the EPA positioning is to bring science in the debate because first the 2008 directive means that we need science when we want to derive from the waste hierarchy. So we made a couple of, of studies, including the um, Rumble study that has been displayed to you earlier with very key results. Rumble has also worked on a, a meta-analysis of a potential extension on takeaway where the what we discover in the study that has been brought to you is even worse for multi-use if we expand to take away. And we've also worked on an economic impact study and also on a hygiene study. So we're trying to bring facts to the debate to, so that public um, authority can decide uh, future regulation knowing what's, what is happening. So over to you, 60 seconds. Yeah. Elsa, can you hear me? Oh, yes. Hi. Hello, everyone. I can hear. Um, thank you for the invitation. Uh, I'm here. I'm from the Protection in Portugal. We are part of the Euro Consumers. We are uh, Euro Consumers. We gather five nations organizations and we are here as a, the voice of, uh, of the consumer because in fact it's it's a key point in the in, in the packaging and waste packaging uh, our key points um, in fact is for from a consumer's perspective it's quite important to have certain regulations uh, because the market it's um, it's being is becoming um, uh, with a lot of information uh, and the consumers they want to know or, or they, they want to, they need to know what are the most sustainable products more and we agree that uh, all the politics uh, all the decisions they should be based on proper technical uh, studies uh, for example if you we want to to a new product we need to make sure that that this new product it's not worse in terms of environmental impact than the previous one so um and for us it's quite important to show uh, uh and to the consumers what are the best products the, the worst products and of course we need 
life cycle assessments, risk assessments. We need a lot of tools that should be uh, in place in order to make the comparison be between the services and between the products. Over to you, 60 seconds. Ronan, over to you, 60 seconds. Thanks, Ryan. Sorry, I missed the, the beginning of it there. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Ronan Breen. Uh, I'm the head of EU Public Affairs for Deliveroo, a food delivery company operating across 11 different countries and five of them within the EU. Those of you based in Brussels may be familiar with uh, with our with our company, with our bags flying around the place. Um, but sustainability is a really important topic to us, uh, and it's something that we think actually differentiates us from, from some of the other companies. Uh, our view on the topic is based on our experience working with thousands of restaurants across the EU, uh, big and small, and also on the basis of a packaging store that we run um, and provide packaging to a whole host of restaurants across the EU. Um, customers expect action in this area from regulators and business, and this is something that we're very, very conscious of, and I, and I know, obviously, uh, regulators are too. Um, we think EU action can be really helpful and it can make a big difference uh, because fragmented rules make it more complex uh, and make it much more complex uh, for companies like us and restaurants, small ones in particular, to, to comply with with rules. Um, harmonized definitions, standards are something that we would really welcome and I think uh, I think that's going to be an interesting point that we can touch on Elsa perhaps later on. Um, but uh, we think it's important also that the proposals that come out are realistic uh, for example, what, what is possible for a restaurant uh, with people eating in is not necessarily possible for a restaurant uh, when they're doing takeaway. And that's one of the things that we have a, a lot of experience of. Uh, we're really pleased to be part of the discussion and looking forward to sharing some of our experiences in this area later on. Ronan, thank you. And finally, Wolfgang, over to you. 60 seconds. Yes, thank you. Hello, everybody. Um, well, um, you know, the, the review of the PPWD is uh, focusing mainly on, in the first place, on prevention of packaging, uh, of waste generation, uh, secondly, on circularity, uh, and um, the reuse, the topic of today, is just one area, one intervention area uh, against these, uh, these two, two big, uh, big uh, objectives uh, uh, to reduce waste generation we are convinced that this is and there is clear evidence that reuse uh, uh, and refill uh, reduces the waste generation um, so we are very very keen to uh, to have the a, a very to 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 design a very well uh, balanced uh, uh, measure or set of measures to bring up reuse systems and i can reassure you we are really heavily uh, engaged in 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 the in the scientific evidence for this measure that we will uh, design on reuse uh, that it is uh, it, that it is efficient and uh, has a, uh, that it is proportionate, so that that uh, the costs and benefits are uh, are, are considered, and uh, that we choose a set of uh, of, of measures on reuse that is uh, uh, underpinned by evidence. Thank you, Wolfgang. Uh, let's uh, start with, with you, Wolfgang, just in terms of how uh, we, we define circular economy, how we define uh, reuse as well, because it's, it's a broad spectrum depending which uh, side of, of the arguments uh, people are coming from. For the Commission side, you know, what, is your, you know, what are the key principles behind uh, the circular economy and the key principles behind uh, what reuse is all about? 
Well, on this, there are, first of all, uh, just uh, I might remind you that we have uh, uh, in the Circular Economy Action Plan uh, this clear instruction that um, by 2030, all packaging must be recyclable or reusable. And we might even go one step further and say that even uh, by 2030, the um, reusable packaging must be fully recyclable. So this is uh, this is the recyclability, uh, let's say, uh, part of uh, 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 of of the of the reuse. Uh, uh, let's say circular. So the link between circularity and reuse systems. And um, and secondly, we are um, having meanwhile the broader the broader uh, view. Um, so that reuse. I told you already reuse. In the in the in the in the in the in the, in the strict sense, uh, is uh, um, reducing uh, the waste generation. But we are also uh, focusing on this in the especially with our uh, aim to reduce uh, waste generation refill systems. And uh, you know there are refill systems. Uh, bring your own uh, uh, container or, or cup but also refill at home. So all this is uh, in the context of, uh, of, uh, of the big uh, objective waste generation reduction. And within this, uh, we have this, uh, these measures uh, addressing at reuse systems, bringing up, for, uh, promoting reuse. Okay, thank you. I take the point that prevention is, is the first objective, that we, we don't want to have waste from the outside. That's the, the first thing. But when it comes to recycling and reuse as well, you know, how, how much does energy consumption weigh? How much does water use weigh? Because we're not facing energy crisis, we're not facing water scarcity in different parts of Europe as well, and, and the price points attached to, to both those. I was talking uh, to, to someone here in Brussels today, I'm back from Washington, they were saying, you know, their, their water bill is up over 50%. Their electricity bill has doubled in the year. And uh, gas prices have doubled as well. So, you know, in terms of all that as well, has the Commission shifted its thinking a bit on this because of uh, these different dynamics? Or had these been factored in at the beginning as well in terms of how you define uh, a strategy for reuse, you know, the, the viability of it? And I go back to what Ronan said earlier about the plan has to be realistic. Wolfgang. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, but and, and uh, so in our in our let's say environmental impact assessment, we clearly have uh, 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 CO2 equivalent emissions uh, on the on the screen. We have um, the water and the particular matters of the air quality. These are our three main uh, parameters that we that we uh, that we assess in the impact assessment. And uh, so uh, we can reassure we increased uh, in the last uh, for the last model runs we increased the price of the CO2 by uh, uh, until 2030 uh, uh, to I think to, to 100 and uh, afterwards to 250 something. So um, we we already uh, let's say kind of this was the, the, the shift that was done recently. Uh, but also, let's say, in, in this respect, uh, water water consumption. This is from the beginning. Uh, we are aware of this uh, of this of, of of this issue with with the reuse system, uh, the, the the washing. Um, but 
let me let maybe already come back a little bit to to, to the presentation of the LCA today. Um, I I was always keen to learn uh, what about the water consumption for the for the used uh, single use paper. Uh, I never saw saw these uh, these uh, these quantities uh, that before they go into into the recycling uh, they also must be clean. If you have uh, if you have uh, from McDonald's uh, 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 McSunday or some ketchup in the uh, that also needs water. So, but uh, no, let's uh, let's. Uh, I don't want to now to 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 dig too deep into the into the LCA presented. We are aware of it. Uh, uh, we it was also presented, of course, uh, to us. Uh, uh, um, at, at a stage, uh, at an, uh, uh, when it was uh, just two, two, two months ago, um, we are aware of it, and of course, we are we, we appreciate to have this input from uh, from uh, from the stakeholders. Thank you, Wolfgang. Ronan, you, the major challenges that you face for single-use uh, reusables and takeaway sector as well. What are you up against on, in terms of the, the new policies coming forward, whether it's directive or regulation? Um, how do you how do you see what's workable? And go back to your word again, realistic. What do you see as a realistic policy outcome, Ronan? Uh, the the million dollar question. Um, uh, to be honest, I think yeah. I think really what we're <laughs> What we're looking for, I suppose, is is something which takes account of of the differences in in what's possible in different aspects of 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 uh, of the sector. And I gave the example of of a restaurant which has, let's say, dine in and take away. Um, there's two different possibilities there, you know. And I think for reusables, that's very viable. For for dine in, it is much more complex for takeaway. We've run a number of different trials um, with uh, with small scale trials, really, but with reusable packaging in, in a number of different European markets, and they are they are with with quite a lot of challenge. And I think we have to be realistic about that. That um, there is the obstacle of, the of one having a uniformity, I suppose, of the same type of packaging being used by enough restaurants to give it a scale that makes it makes it viable. Uh, and then you have the the issue of of return for customers. Um, it's not something that isn't, or something that it's not something that's insurmountable. But I think when you look at deposit return schemes in a number of different countries in relation to bottles and things like that, they have been successful to a degree. Um, but it is it is difficult. And I think the biggest thing for it is scale. Um, is how many customers are going to be engaging with this? How simple can it be? Um, and therefore, how effective can it be? You know, we have. We have done a lot ourselves in in making the packaging that we sell to restaurants, I suppose, be more sustainable, be more eco-friendly. Um, we're phasing out black plastic entirely. Um, we have, by the end of this year, 100% of our packaging sold in the EU will be either compostable or recyclable. Um, and that's, that's, I suppose, an area where I can see the scale works, that we are we have a store which is selling to thousands of, of small restaurants um, and we can actually help them to make that shift through through a store like ours. Whereas individual restaurants themselves, can they get involved in a scheme which does the reuse in the same way? I'm just not sure. Um, and I, I'm not saying they can't, we don't necessarily have the answer, but certainly I think the experiences we show or we have had, we've trialed, uh, show that it is it is challenging, definitely. Okay, Elsa, you know, how should consumers view this? You know, should they be mandated to recycle uh, themselves? Or should this, the single use approach uh, be uh, be something at the forefront of their minds. This is entirely the responsibility of of the food producers, the the the, the, the restaurants themselves. Yeah, what role should the consumer play in this, Elsa? Well, um, well, in fact, I think 
the the overall roles well every every uh, um, sector have have a role and the consumer have a role as well um, from a consumer perspective uh, and I agree with Ronan we are quite concerned about to have the same strategy for different approaches we know sometimes we, we should think um, also in in what what are we talking about and we know for example as a takeaway it's completely different from a restaurant. Um, from a consumer perspective, uh, I think there is a common sense, and the, the, the European consumers, they are know, or they know that we should reuse more, uh, and that there's a lot of people that probably they are already engaged. Of course, not the majority. Um, but in this case, of course, we're talking about the packaging. Uh, but for example, for for a, a, um, consumers' perspective, we have also some concerns. That could be legal. For example, uh, I give you an example. Uh, when we are talking about a reuse uh, packaging, a container uh, in, in in the takeaway sector, um, if you will have like uh, contamination in terms of the food, uh, then the problem should be from the food, and the, the and in this case, the guilty, let's say, is from the restaurant. Or it's because the the reusable packaging was not um, um, washed properly, or, or so. The point is, when we'll have a problem, who will decide from uh, who, who who is the, the 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 guilty? For example, this is when, of course, this is not. It's a narrow concern about all this, but there are some things that we need also to think from. A consumers and a practical use uh, in, in in the lifetime, um, and at the same time, um, we our aim and we are uh, uh, talking with the consumers and explain and made a lot of publications uh, explaining that we need to reduce as most as possible, and of course our key point is less is more. Of course, if you if we have less packaging, uh, please use only the packaging really needed. But if you need to use, so let's let's choose the best products. And I think sometimes we are we have some some new products. They are trying to substitute the single use, but I'm not sure if they really are the environmental friendly or they are more sustainable why, why, than. Why do you say ones. that? What, what is it you think is perhaps not environmentally friendly about them? It could be, for example, um, we 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 have uh, um, some examples. For example, we have some some in, in some some old days, some plastic uh, cups or some plastic straws, for example. And now um, the point is we are replacing these with new materials. So the aim we want to reduce. In fact, we are not reducing this. We are replacing with new materials. Sometimes coming from uh, I don't know, some other countries, some other materials, that at the end of the day, they are not recyclable, for example. So the point is, sometimes we have some, some paper packaging, some plastic pack um, packaging, they are uh, single-use, but they are recyclable. And probably they are better than some of the others that, they are, that at the end of the day, when they at the end of life, they are not recyclable at all. So this is the, the, the thing that we need to look for a technical perspective in order to decide what kind of materials should or kind of products should be okay. used or I want not. to bring David and Wolfgang in a moment, but just to, on this as well, you made some very interesting points there. You know, how, how do you think these 
elements of recyclability, reuse should be indexed because clearly there's a broad spectrum here and you know, we're not dealing with one type of restaurant or one type of, of set of packaging as well. There, there are different scenarios that have to be played here. But you know, do we index the energy consumption? Is it just about CO2? How, how do you weight uh, water scarcity in this as well? You know, should we have some sort of indexing system that, that approaches this? Because the, it doesn't seem that there's a lot of clarity in terms of, of establishing a, a path to a, a clear regulation which is, uh, can be applied by the industry with some certainty. Elsa, how do you say it? What, what's your recommendation on this? Um, I think in, in, um, from a consumer's perspective, I know the point is it's quite hard to have like a, a label or something with all the environmental aspects, but um, it should be, we need really, we need some regulations and we need some labeling um, from the European Commission, let's say, in order to try to highlight the products with less, I mean, there are no problem, there are any, any uh, product without environmental impact, but we need to, to be sure, because um, we, we cannot give uh, the, the, that, that kind of information um, to the hands of a manufacturer, because there, there's a lot of products we already read um, eco-friendly or with some, some data or in the labeling concerning the environmental uh, um, concerns. But some of them or most of them could be greenwashing, which is another problem. So in fact, we need a certain labeling in order to try to understand what are the the, the less environmental in, uh, product impact products uh, in order to help consumers right. how to choose I think it. we'll come back to that a bit later on in the conversation as well. Ronan, you wanted to respond to this? Yeah, just to say, I think we, we've actually, it's something that we've experienced ourselves directly. We had a, a trial that we ran briefly um, where we were promoting restaurants that had sustainable packaging. Um, and one of the biggest challenges we had was trying to actually determine what is considered sustainable packaging. What do we determine it is? Should we be the ones that are deciding that? And really, I suppose the thing is, the conclusion we came to is we shouldn't and we wouldn't want to be. So I think where where there can be harmonized and clear definitions and standards that are set uh, by by the EU and that apply across the board, that makes life much easier for organizations like us that would then look to promote that to a customer and allow a customer to make an informed decision saying, here's a restaurant that I know is meeting these standards and I would like to order from that restaurant rather than another. David, just on, on the logistics of this as well for, for packaging uh, associated packaging companies as well, you know, what, what are the, the ambitions within the, the packaging industry in terms of, of uh, renewable and recyclable uh, uh, products? What, what kind of direction and, and do you need from the Commission, do you need from, from the European Union uh, to guide you in this? Is, is, do you have the right framework at the moment or is this something which is still really a work in progress? In fact, um, I'd like to come back on some points. Why we need to compare single-use and multi-use and why we need to bring evidences to the market. We're, we're clearly in favor of the circularity and the paper industry is one of the most circular uh, one uh, between the materials. Because honestly, the paper industry wouldn't live without the recycling process. There's not enough uh, trees to make paper for all demand, so you need to have the recycling, and the recycling is really built in. And if you're comparing the two systems, in one system, 
the recycling, you wash in the fiber. So you get the packaging back into recycling plant. There's water, true, we recycle, we're washing the fibers and making a new packaging, which is a valuable resources for a secondary application and avoids taking from the planet uh, new products. So that's the, the, the recycling on one side. On the reused, and that's the, the, the thing that you will clearly need to bring to the audience, is the reuse is also a system. And on that system, you also need washing. So on one side, you're washing the fiber, you're avoiding taking a new fiber and you're making a new product out of it. And, and we're clearly on the waste prevention side and on the circularity side. And on the other side, you're washing the item itself. And when you're washing the item, you have to look what kind of item you're washing, uh, from what material is it coming, what is the end of life? Because as Wolfgang said, all the reuse product, product will have to be recyclable. And it's not what we see from what is showing up on the market. The, the first generation of the reused product that we see, especially in food service industry, is made out of plastic and sometimes non-recyclable plastics. So they clearly need to be in regulation that we're comparing on a fair way and recyclability needs to be included. And I think that's the future of our industry. Uh, uh, the more reasonable single-use and paper-based has a lot of over um, advantage um, uh, compared to other materials because we're from renewable resources, the recycling is not complex operation. You know, if you have um, uh, food remainings into single-use or not, you have to remove them. You're not going to put the, the plate with the pizza inside your dishwasher. So you're going to move the pizza. Same on the pizza box if you're using a single-use pizza box. And then the, the contamination is removed in, into the recycling process. So I think comparison is the key. Uh, assumptions need to be made and explained to the public and, and what, for what kind of products we're recycling, what is the future of our industry, and we have to adapt to that. Okay, thank you. We're going to come back to some of that. We have loads of questions, so I'm, I'm going to start with some of these questions. Uh, now and just encourage others to send more in. Uh, first one for you, Wolfgang, uh, from Paula Ivanuk. Uh, the European Commission has suggested reuse targets, in particular sector-specific reuse targets. What sectors are under consideration and how has that decision been taken? Uh, will the sectors be chosen similar to the model in the eco-design for sustainable product regulation uh, through the delegated act? There's a lot in there. Wolfgang. Well, first of all, we are in the face of the impact assessment and uh, therefore uh, uh, far from a, from a proposal. Uh, and uh, we, uh, on, on the specific question, we are, uh, let's say, evaluating, assessing uh, all the sectors and we are trying to, to, to dig out, to select those who have uh, uh, the most promising uh, uh, efficiency in terms of, of cost-benefit proportionality of the measure we do so we try to to dig out from from a long list uh, uh, based on a ranking and on, on criteria we we we, we will uh, um, dig out a list of uh, of products uh, packaging types from different sectors we know that uh, even in the internet uh, there is or in the internet sales there is one so there is the the, the commercial and industrial uh, um, uh, area uh, sector that, uh, that where there are promising uh, applications 
that that would favor uh, reuse systems, so mainly tertiary packaging, but also in the in the horeca sector uh, indeed, uh, and uh, and also in the groceries and, and retail. So in all these three sectors, we would uh, we would uh, 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 let's say dig um, select uh, uh, packaging types. Um, at product level, uh, where we would uh, uh, impose uh, um, um, reuse uh, targets, and uh, this is uh, is not as, as I said, it's not yet carved, far from being carved in stone. And um, well, I you know, cannot even say if it will already make it into the let's say into the basic act, or it will come uh, the the list, the final list, and especially the targets uh, in in an in an implementing act. But from my experience po about uh, the, co the 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 political uh, discussions, I think this is such a central point that uh, uh, that uh, the co let the co legislators will not. Uh, Let's say they want to have a say on this, and so uh, um, I would uh, would assume that it will be in the basic act um, the, these uh, the targets for the for the various um, um, uh, product types. Thank you. Just one other question for you there, Wolfgang. This comes from Lucas. Is the Commission really considering to set a mandatory DRS for plastic bottles, even if it means putting at risk integrated municipal waste management systems in some member states? Um, well, the DRS is uh, is is uh, not so much the topic of today, so uh, I will answer the question. But before, let me uh, come back. Also, I make also made also some notes on what what was discussed before, um, because um, um, there was also the discussion about logistics. What logistics are unnecessary for both uh, alternatives, and we have uh, really. Um, we, I, from the let's say what we heard from the study, from the LCA study, we really are are um, uh, are convinced that uh, that there is uh, an inf infrastructure which still has to be developed because, uh, as you know, the recycling rates that were in the study they are um, let's say theoretical, and the reality is totally different uh, for the recycling of the of these paper-based uh, uh, packagings. Uh, our tableware, um, and uh, so so there there must happen a lot, and uh, for for this uh, I, I still there there are big challenges uh, or, or big questions that are not yet answered to us from the in a convincing way from the from the um, from from the concerned industry, and also the big thing of the of the takeaway um, we hear here that there are take back uh, systems should come in order to avoid that these takeaway uh, uh, packagings land either as litter in in the in the landscape or uh, which is the worst or in the at the best case in the in the public uh, in the bins uh, of the of the public um, um, uh, waste uh, uh, um, and um, there it is also at the best Burned, but not uh, never recycled. So, so these are all the issues that we still have with this, uh, with this, with this model. Um, also, one a, a short, uh, a short. Uh, we also 
have not are not so uh, let's say also with respect to life cycle analysis not so uh, keen to to say okay we are fine if it is finally composted this paper uh, this paper uh, we think that a high quality recycling is uh, in terms of uh, circular economy still uh, the, the 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 first best and this is what we strive for um, so these were my my comments now uh, the the DRS. Um, uh, mandatory DRS is uh, is uh, is um, is um, is an um, is clearly a measure to achieve high collection or reco recovery rates. And uh, we hear from all sides when we want to have, let's say, uh, high quality recycling, whether it be whether it is mechanical or chemical recycling or other. Each time they say we need to have clear or, or pure pure feedstocks into our recycling streams so um and in this respect uh, we have we we have really good uh, good uh, there are there are very nice uh, stories about uh, mandatory uh, about drs systems to deliver on that of course if there is some uh, some if we can be convinced that this uh, let's say 90% collection uh, uh, target can be achieved by other systems. We are we are open to it. So it's not. Okay. Uh, it, I would not exclude that uh, that we are open it, uh, to it. But we have strong doubts that uh, that other systems, uh, uh, um, even or be it EPR systems, or to 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 achieve uh, these these collection targets. So we are not completely. Uh, completely, uh, we don't uh, block these 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 reasonings that there might be alternatives uh, to uh, to, but we, we we are not 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 so much convinced. Okay, thank you for that, uh, Wolfgang. Okay, question for Ronan uh, from Peter Barzak uh, from the European Environmental Bureau. Uh, he says, can Deliveroo really lead sustainability in the field and incentivize your partner restaurants to use reusable takeaway containers and incentivize consumers to choose this option? Just before you answer, it's often the case that large-scale uh, corporations like Coca-Cola, for example, they can uh, change the whole supply chain uh, because they only choose to work with partners who conduct uh, their business in a certain way, including with uh, re renewable uh, energy and packaging as well. Uh, for Deliveroo, in terms of Peter's question, how do, how do you see it? Well, I suppose you have to look at a couple of different things there. First of all, we don't in like Coca-Cola, we don't, I suppose Coca-Cola produces and, and uses the packaging. We often and usually don't. It's restaurants themselves. So we can encourage and we can incentivize. And we do have a packaging store. We've actually announced a subsidy uh, of 2.5 million pounds, almost 3 million euro to subsidize uh, more sustainable packaging for the restaurants that actually purchase through our stores. And that will be targeted on small and medium restaurants. Uh, to really have the greatest impact because the larger chains let's say of restaurants can can make that change themselves themselves and we don't need to necessarily subsidize that but for the smaller ones we can make a huge impact there um so i think you know we we can and we do want to do a lot in this area um but i think there there are challenges i think when it comes to reusable for 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 takeaway the difficulty i think just is it, it's a it's a there are a number of difficulties i suppose scale is one that we that i mentioned earlier on but i think elsa mentioned also the issue of of hygiene if we're looking at a collection scheme, um, you have the issue of potentially people handling materials which then don't actually, which are no longer, which are not clean, I suppose, which which are potentially hazardous uh, at a certain stage. Uh, you have customers who are potentially returning it to stores themselves 
Is it every participating restaurant collects them? Do we arrange a collection itself? Uh, the What are the emission differences, I suppose, of then uh, the reusable packaging going back and taking a second journey? Uh, these are all things that we don't necessarily have the answer to, but are considerations for us in, in looking at this. And I think what we are doing at the moment is where we can with the restaurants we work with, looking to make the biggest difference. Uh, but at the end of the day, these restaurants will have to make the decisions themselves on the packaging that they use. Um, and so we can incentivize it, we can encourage it. But uh, but actually, there's a lot needs to be done to make sure that restaurants understand why and why they should be making this change and, and what what is available for them, what's possible for them. Um, so we're I would think of us as kind of a multiplier. Um, and we we have a whole host of actions that we've taken on on sustainability as a company. But I think where we have can can have the biggest impact is is through that network of restaurants that we actually work with. Okay, uh, just another question for you, Ronald, for someone else, uh, from Emily Best. Emily Best from the Coalition for Toxic-Free uh, Packaging, nice snappy title. Um, items can be called recyclable or compostable, uh, but if facilities don't exist at scale to handle these processes, then these items end up in landfill anyway. Um, I don't want you to answer just specifically on uh, for delivery here, but in the, on a wider scale, she asks, how can you ensure that these items are actually disposed of properly? Uh, in terms of what, what the industry can do, how can you ensure these items are disposed of properly? Yeah, I think it's a really fair question. Um, I'm not exactly sure what we as an industry can can do there because uh, there there are colleagues of mine who are focused on this that would have probably a more um, sophisticated view on it than I do. Um, but really, to me, the challenge there lies in the lack of infrastructure. Um, we talked about infrastructure required for reusable, but in the same way, infrastructure is required for recyclable. So if governments and if uh, if municipal authorities and whoever else is responsible for waste collection um, and and separation and, and treatment don't have the facilities in place, then we need to see how we can in, encourage and ensure that they do. Um, customers ultimately, the, I suppose the compliance and the, the, the efficiency of this will be highest when it's the simplest for the customer as possible. Um, and Elsa will, will probably speak to that better than I can. But I mean, just as an individual, uh, where there's an option for me to easily recycle something, um, I most certainly will when it's not available to me. I don't have that choice. Okay, thank you. Elsa, just in terms of consumer behavior, and I won't go to, to David for some uh, more technical stuff. The, the consumer behavior, Elsa, is, you know, Roland points to what most of us will do. It's, it's if it's there and it's easy to do, we're going to do it. Um, but if we have to make a, a big effort or if we're in a hurry or it's just a bit too complex, and I, I find this a lot, just, you go to some stores and or some restaurants and the instructions as to what you can actually put in there you need a PhD to work it out, and the graphic illustration is very poor. And and so, you know, in terms of, of that, working with the consumer, consumer behavior, what needs to be done just to simplify that process to make it actually user friendly, Elsa? Yeah, in fact, if 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 something if it's not easy to do it, the consumer will not do it. I mean, the majority of the consumers. So it needs to be easy to understand and easy to do it. As, as Roland said, um, if I have um, at home, uh, we are doing the separation, possibly, and we, we need to go to, 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 to throw it in, in different containers, but it should be simple and we need to have this kind of um, containers, for example, uh, in, in all the country. The problem is sometimes for the consumers, and, and here we are talking about the, the single use and the reusable, it needs to be something quite easy, otherwise it, it, 
um, doesn't have the, the effect that we want to do it. And we need to explain why we should reduce and why, what kind of product should we, we, we bought. So in fact, for a consumer's perspective, it's, it's important to, to explain um, because in the last years, we're talking about a lot about the recycling and the, the collection, the separation, the collection to recycling. But now we are changing for the reuse. So if it's not as easy as the recycling, doesn't make sense. Uh, even for the recycling, yeah, there are some, some countries where we really need to improve in terms of the collection. And then, as uh, someone said, it's not only the matter of being um, recyclable material, it needs to be with a quality. This is something that the consumer's perspective, we don't know. This is technical. So we need to understand or we need to have the, the products, the better products to buy and, and to use it. Okay, Elsa, earlier on you used the word contamination. And I, I have never in my life handed over a cup in Starbucks or anywhere else to have it refilled. I just, the idea appalls me. That this is, there's so many elements of hygiene involved in this. You know, is this something we can reasonably expect as we begin to emerge uh, from a, a pandemic and now we have the cheerful headlines of monkeypox on, on the horizon as well? Is it reasonable to expect that consumers are going to risk contamination or that staff are going to risk contamination to, to their own health? by handing over a cup uh, for reuse in, in a cafe or, or restaurant? Elsa? You know, this is, as I said, this is not the main, the main concern in this, in this subject, but there is something that we need to pay attention because it's different. If I have my own cup, I can go to a shop and I use myself and my, my own cup and, and it's okay. But when you are talking about, for example, reusable um, containers in a takeaway, um, and we now, I know there are some pilots where we, it's the takeaway who give me the, the container, I'm using it, and then it's going again to the takeaway. And I need to be sure that they really will wash and in a proper way. And there are, especially with this pandemic, and there are some concerns on some of the consumers, like, you know, because one thing, it's, it's my own container, but in this case, I don't know who was the other person who already used this. So this is something, as I said, this is not a major topic, but it should be taken into account. And especially, for example, if you have a problem with, with the food, with a health problem, so now how can we sure, be sure what is the problem? It was a problem of the food, a problem of the container. I mean, and from a consumer's perspective, we need to know how to, how to deal with this. So we need David, just, just David, on, on the washing process as well for, for reusables, you know, the, the quality deteriorates over time. They're not, they don't have an infinite life and there's degradation of the product um, as it is, is, is washed at, at high temperature. You know, and now we have some evidence of microplastics in the water system as well as a direct consequence uh, of this as, as a possibility too. So, you know, David, how do you, how do you respond to that, that this... Um, you know, there's a, an, a risk uh, from this type of packaging as well. And just one other thing as well here, we have a number of different, which is tagged onto this, a number of different uh, questions, one from Roger and uh, two from Peter on uh, additives to products to make them more waterproof as well. I'll take Roger's one in particular. To what extent is innovation considered 
perhaps uh, paper coating with uh, recyclable polymers will lead to a higher recycling rate and or PP will at some point be 100% recyclable. So what's the, the risk element of reuse at the moment and what are the innovation potentials uh, for recycling uh, currently as well? David. Uh, what we discovered through the study is, uh, of course, when you're dealing with food product, you need washing, but not only washing, you need drying. Because drying is when you're removing the water and you're removing the risk of a future contamination. And if you're in the horeca sector, the drying, the washing and the drying needs to be done in a very short cycle, like less than a minute, which has a, a significant impact in energy consumption uh, to, to, to heat the water, to get to the right temperature to kill the bacteria and dry just afterwards in a very short time. So you can't compare uh, an industrial washing system into a store with any kind of dishwasher to what you do at home where you can have, if you have a lunch, at, uh, uh, dishes for lunch and then dishes for dinner, you can have a cycle that lasts two hours, 30 minutes where the drying is done just by opening the door of your dishwasher. And that has been plugged in in the study. And when you're comparing single use on one side and reusable on the other side, the type of washing, that's why you have to compare systems where you're computing the economic impact but the environmental impact. And that's one of the key issues that we discovered where the washing system in Horeca in a very short time, because the peak hours you can have many, many people. It's not exactly like home where you wash for your own family and you maybe wash once a day or once every two days. So this has been plugged in in the Rumble model that we have displayed to you. Okay. Uh, that's for the first question. The sure. second one, yeah, around recycling and contamination. Um, in the paper industry, the big advantage we have is recycle all the fibers together. When you're discussing about plastic recycling, the main mechanical plastic recycling, you need to recycle PET with PET, PP with PP, PS with PS. And that's why sometimes you need to collect enough material which you need to sort each of them, either with optical sorting or something else, and you need to recycle them separately. And of course, when you recycle them separately, you can get to a concept where you get bottle to bottle and the PT bottle out of recycled PT bottles. In the paper industry, if we're achieving higher recycling rate, and when we're discussing about higher recycling rate, we're above 80% uh, in, in, in a lot of application, it's because all the fibers get into the same uh, basket and you make a secondary material, which is the recycled fibers, um, but that you can use for application that sometimes are not exactly the same as the first application. Uh, typically, we're really recommending to recycle packaging with packaging and not with the printing, because the, the printing, you have some uh, chemicals in printing inks that you don't have in, in, in the packaging. So when you're, re you're recycling packaging with packaging with a high level of food contact regulation, the high level of regulation that we have or that we have in front of us to get rid of mineral oil, to get rid of additives, to get rid of uh, uh, some ke chemicals that you had in the old days to, to so some applications. You can really improve the quality of the recycled fibers that you get for further application. Maybe not direct for food contact, but for indirect food contact and for many applications that would help you not using virgin fibers for this application, like egg okay. containers, toilet papers, tissue paper, a lot of things. So there's not really an issue in the paper industry, which is a recycled loop as one loop. 
Okay, thank you. Uh, Wolfgang, we have a couple of uh, questions for you uh, here as well. The first one, the Commission promised in the CAP 2.0 an initiative to re of reuse in food service. This is from Roberto Colotto from 360 Degrees Food Service. Uh, having seen the complexity of the transition and the uncertainties and lack of data, especially in the food service sector, wouldn't it be better to deal with this in the initiative instead of the PPWD? Um, what is what is her suggestion instead of the, uh, dealing it in the in our review? What what where does she want to have it uh, better uh, placed? The, the initiative, but doesn't specify which one. I assumed you would know. Uh, for now, <laughs> it's maybe already very. Roberta, maybe add some more detail. We'll bring it back to to Wolfgang. Second yeah, question okay. is from Elliot uh, Gorant. Um, given the recent developments of the legislative process on the PPWD revision with the regulatory uh, scrutiny board's opinion, is the commission still on track to publish the proposal in July? Uh, clearly, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so this is an easy, an easy answer. No, uh, this is impossible now. Uh, we, uh, but it's also, I think, a good chance uh, to uh, to underpin more our our um, our uh, scientifically underpin more our our impact assessment, and this will be the base for the legislative proposal to to design our preferred option. I think now uh, we have uh, because also the board was very keen to have proportionality in all measures, and uh, and we have now the chance to. To, uh, to 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 deliver more in in this respect. Uh, also, what I already announced, the science base of of our of our uh, final proposal will improve due to the fact that we got unfortunately, nonetheless, a negative opinion. But it, it is so. now. I can go now. I can I can also be a little bit more uh, uh, deliver even more. So uh, it will it will uh, we we still hope that it will come. Uh, uh, in the four, fourth quarter of, of this year. So it okay. uh, it is over summer break and so we have uh, now lost lost this momentum, yes. But okay. it will, we are, we are still hoping to come in, in the fourth quarter. Yes. Thank you for that. Just something occurs to me when we talk about this, that there's, there's got to be an inherent tension between DG Grow and DG Envy on this as well. You know, the, the, the burden on, uh, on food service, the burden on packaging, the burden on local councils, uh, in terms of cost, the infrastructure, um, you know, all the different dynamics of logistics that are required uh, for PPWD to be implemented eventually. You know, how does how does DG Envy uh, relate to DG Grow in this? Because the economy is not in its best shape ever right now, and we're looking at adding on heavier costs, of course, for a, a very good reason. Um, but how how do you dance this dance in terms of producing a realistic proposal which is economically viable, Wolfgang? Yeah, absolutely. Even even the the, the recyclability in the circular economy mentions that it must be uh, done in an economically viable way. No, the relation with there is not, I wouldn't even say there is a tension between uh, Grow and and Envy. Um, we have uh, very close just. Yesterday or this week, we had a, a meeting with them and with the respective unit. Uh, and uh, no, we are. Let's say if, when it comes to the to the to the uh, economic impacts, uh, there are of course winners and losers. We are aware of it. Uh, we will create jobs uh, in uh, in in the reuse sector, and uh, and those who pr produce the, the 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 packaging, they will have losses because I think we have just one so roughly several billions of euro. Uh, less material costs.
if all our of our uh, waste prevention measures uh, 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 materialize in this respect in the uh, then we will we will have of course uh, losses in in or less material uh, costs uh, of the industry but that means also that the producers of this packaging they have uh, turnover losses or uh, yes we are aware of it but i think this is not even challenged by dg grow uh, this is the transition the, the green transition we will create jobs in 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 one area and we will uh, there will be uh, less uh, less in, in other areas, especially if you compare, you know, we have the baseline says we have a, a create, we create by 2030, uh, I think 24 compared to 2018, 24% more uh, uh, packaging. And if we, if we reduce this considerably, um, uh, this, uh, this additional and we, and we reduce the waste generation, of course, that reduces the, 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 the turnover of, of the, of the waste produce of the packaging producers. That's normal. No, it was waste with, but as you mentioned, we have, uh, grow, we have, have very close relationship also with, uh, with the circular uh, plastic alliance with, which is a grow baby. If I can put it like that, uh, we are, we have, have very, very, very good and also also with uh, with the standardization, uh, we we really they support us a lot in 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 in, in terms of standardization, uh, design for recyclability. No, it's excellent. And also now, as we're coming back uh, to to the other DGs uh, and coming back to the composting, we have also uh, a close cooperation with DG Agri, and we have uh, we strive for consistent consistent approaches uh, in terms of uh, 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 what they do in the terms of in terms of uh, food and vegetable packaging uh, unavoidable uh, packaging for food and vegetable we are also there there in in in, in a very good co uh, cooperation with okay. colleagues. thank you Wolfgang if I David if I can crudely summarize what Wolfgang said your industry has gone to the altar to be sacrificed in the interests of uh, a more sustainable policy how do you feel about that Anyhow, you will need single use and you need a sensible, safe single use. And paper is among the safest because we are with very strong regulation and, and we'll continue to demonstrate that our products are safe and they can bring service to the users and service also into the hygiene. If billions of consumers eat and drink in our products, it's because they, have, they bring some value to the system. And we're not opposing, there will be reuse developing and a sensible reuse, a reuse where you'll have the system-based approach being applied so that you take into account the effect of washing, you take into account the effect of end of life, and there will be space for sensible or uh, efficient single-use paper. And we think our material, paper, uh, that is um, that has a very low carbon impact, that can be recycled, that doesn't take any non-renewable resources, is the perfect material to remain for some for some application. One of the examples, if one of the policy, if you want to do waste prevention, is is for example to develop bulk. And if you want to develop uh, bulk sale of liquid, other people in all occasion and in all places come with their uh, containers, but in some areas they won't come with their containers. So they will need to have a sensible containers to have bulk liquid delivered to them. And typically paper cup 
can be one of the examples that needs to be that can be used for bulk delivery. And if you're delivering liquid in bulk, you don't need the bottles. So I think we need to compare, we don't need to oppose, and there will be markets, there will be, and we hope regulation will help us comparing systems and demonstrate and opt out for uh, single use in Coraca segment if we really demonstrate that it's better for the environment with the life cycle thinking and also the approach that takes into account all the effects including end of life because what we see with some very constrained market where reusable have been imposed by force is it's typically we're seeing the plastic use for reusables coming at a very high speed and the objective typically the objective of SUPD single use plastic directive that was to get rid of plastic we have plastic going into volumes that we didn't see before with the single-use products that were there a couple of years ago. And, and the risk is that some of the multi-use plastic products will also uh, leak in the environment. And there will be discussion about what kind of multi-use, uh, what is a sensible multi-use. It's not sure that it will be all glass. There will be a lot of plastic multi-use. Okay. Let, let me stop there. We're, we're really close on time. I want to get a, a quick uh, response from, from Wolfgang, and then we're going to do the closing remarks from, from each one. Just Wolfgang, before, I know you wanted to follow up on that, but just before that, you know, so many European policies end up, at least at the beginning, punishing uh, compliant European manufacturers and allowing in from Asia, for example, as substandard uh, pro products or equivalent products produced at a higher environmental cost. Um, is this going to happen with the PPWD? Are we going to raise the standards for Europe and uh, consequently uh, the purchasing of, of uh, other products coming from Asia and basically junk the market? Wolfgang? Well, the main, the main, uh, the main um, let's say, issue that I can, uh, can imagine in, in this context is the recycled content that we, that we are envisaging for plastic packaging. And here we will uh, make sure that also the imports, that the importer has, uh, uh, has, uh, uh, has to, to uh, of, this, of this plastic packaging, has to uh, ensure, has to guarantee that uh, by means of custody of chain uh, uh, methods, uh, that uh, that the imported product it has the same standard than than the one produced uh, in the EU. I don't want to cut you short, uh, but I know you wanted to follow up on the other thing, and then I have to yeah, ask you. Yeah, I, it will not be long, but just sure. just to uh, no, it's not so black and white that we say we sacrifice the the, the, the packaging. We see, we see, of course, their, 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 uh, um, their, but, but they have to, they have to, to cope with the challenges, as I mentioned already, that, uh, that currently uh, there is just a, a small recovery rate of the, of the, of their packaging that is re really making it into a recycling. I fully agree with the 90% of the recycling of the when it is in the factory, but before that, there is uh, what I mentioned already at the beginning. You have to have the full full infrastructure, especially also for the takeaway uh, 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 packaging. Thank you, thank you, Wolfgang. Indeed. All right, let's go to our final uh, sound bites uh, to close up. Ronan, let's start with you. Thirty seconds for your takeaway for today. Literally, your takeaway for today. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, I think look, consumers want this, and it's important that we, as businesses and uh, as as regulators, also respond to it. I think we're very we're very happy to be a part of that. 
Um, standards, definitions, uniformity make this easier, make it work better. Um, the more that it can be harmonized, the better it is. And I think, again, just taking account of the differences in the different the different sectors and how the how we can best achieve it will will lead us to a to a good outcome. Thank you, Elsa. Thirty seconds. So, from from consumer's perspective, what uh, what we're taking is in fact um, there is a lot uh, still some some rules to 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 decide, still some rules to study, and it's quite important to be as user friendly as possible. It needs to be all the information needs to be provided to the consumer as a, a easiest way. Um, good uh, good products, good sortings, um, how to how to do it, what has the best ones or the, 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 the wrong products. So it's it needs to be very easy, otherwise it's it, the consumer's behavior is quite hard to change. So it must be as simple as possible. Thank you. David, 30 seconds. Uh, same. We think re future regulation should do it. Uh, evidence uh, based on science and environmental on science. And we understand that for our industry, the issue is more the collecting than the recycling. So we, we, should, um, we should do everything to promote through ERB, through take-back system, any, any way to collect and use the valuable resources out of a packaging to make a secondary packaging. That should be promoted in the future. Thank you, David. Wolfgang, last word, 30 seconds. Yes, so um, we are uh, we are really striving in the Commission with this review for a, for a balanced approach. We don't see 100% solutions. We see uh, uh, there is uh, an optimum uh, in, 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 in several areas. Uh, and for instance, the EPA has to work on, 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 the re on the recovery, but also the reuse systems, for instance, in efficiency on, uh, on on the water consumption there are good uh, good uh, there's good hope that in both directions we can move and with this we, I, we, I, we would see there the, the, the future uh, will will be a combination of of, of an of, of optimized of efficient uh, efficient measures in in this area Wolfgang, thank you. So our thanks to Emiliano, Wolfgang, David, Elsa and Ronan for their excellent contributions today. Our thanks to our audience who've been super active. I'm sorry I couldn't uh, take more uh, of your questions this afternoon, but uh, thank you for uh, engaging so well. And uh, to the team in the studio here, you can't see them, I can from where I'm sitting. And a few more behind us just here as well. Uh, Zoran, Anna, Bonya and Marius. And also to the EPP uh, for their support uh, for the program today. I wish you a good afternoon.